on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Richards deals. This one hit in the air. Playable into shallow right. Garcia waiting, catching, and this one is over. Brewers make it two in a row and beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. Final 5-1 Milwaukee. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Pauley. What a performance from Freddie Peralta as he takes a no-hitter into the eighth inning before ending up going seven and a third, giving up a hit. Nine strikeouts, three walks, one run does end up scoring. That was charged to him, but that is nothing short of spectacular. We're having a hard time finding words to describe the things that Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns are doing every single time out. And just another example of what the Brewers have in their top three spots in the rotation. This was an absolutely special performance today from Freddie Peralta. It was a whole lot of fun to watch. Uh, If you were listening to it, it was a whole lot of fun to listen to. And the Brewers do get the win as they're able to knock off Arizona 5-1. They've taken the first two games of the four-game series. And you kind of went into the series saying, you know, a lot of times when you play a four-game series, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You just want to see your team split. It's really hard to win four-game series. With all due respect to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are a better team than their record would indicate, but at the same time are not a great baseball team, you kind of went into this series saying, as you get into this month of June where you're playing a ton of teams below 500, you got to win games. you got to win a bunch of these games. And taking three out of four from the Diamondbacks is kind of the goal. And now they take the first two, and they're in position where if they can win one of these next two, you can really look at this as being a very, very successful series. But it was a... It was a successful night tonight for uh, Freddie Peralta. Again, this was a special evening for him. The Brewers do enough from an offensive standpoint. They get a couple home runs. Daniel Vogelback goes deep for the fourth time this year. Omar Nervaez hitting a uh, a home run. There's also a Little League home run in there with a play that uh, resulted in uh, Nervaez clearing the bases on a double with two airs. There was just a lot going on. There was a lot going on in this game today, and we got a lot to talk about. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting to the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. You can call or you can text in. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. If you're still making your way out of American Family Field, I don't know the status of this at the moment, but the Brewers up on the video board have a message that says the ramp to I-94 East is closed due to a traffic accident. So if you're sitting in traffic out there, and we're still at you know 50% capacity, so it's not huge crowds getting out of here, but if you're sitting in traffic, if there is traffic out there, and I'm inside, so I don't know, but if there is, you can know it's because the ramp to I-94 East is closed due to a traffic accident per the video board here at American Family Field. Brewers get the win as they knock off the Arizona Diamondbacks this evening by a 5-1 score. Freddie Peralta taking a no-hitter into the eighth inning, 855-616-1620. How are you feeling after this win today? Really uh, an exhilarating win for this team. We'll talk about it uh, as we continue on in just a moment here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Here comes Freddie. Swing and a miss. Struck him out with a shoulder-high fastball. Strikeout number eight in the game. 
Seven and a third for Freddie Peralta tonight. Gives up one run, one hit, nine strikeouts, three walks. Ends up throwing 109 pitches, 70 of which uh, do go for strikes. Uh, ran a little bit out of gas there right at the end of the game. Uh, or not the end of the game, but the end of his outing. And, and look, I would have I would have loved to have seen a no-hitter. I'll tell you so. I'll tell you kind of about my experience. I'd love to hear your experience. So that that's kind of the question on the table. What were your emotions like? I want to hear from you, either calling or texting, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can call, you can text, you can also tweet in, at Matt Pauley on air. Describe your emotions, especially in that seventh inning, Luis Arias makes a spectacular catch, and then just on a, I don't know how he got to that ball, and then he gets the final out, Peralta does, to, uh, to get the final out of the seventh, and he takes the no-hitter into the eighth inning. What are your emotions at that point? What are you feeling? I'll, t- I'll say this. I, was, I saw somebody on social media, and it's actually a person who I, it's a, it's a baseball journalist, a national baseball journalist, who I, I like and I respect and I agree with. And if this no-hitter would not have been happening in Milwaukee tonight, I probably would have agreed with what he said. But it was essentially the, the narrative of, you know what, give everybody a no-hitter. They're happening you know, so often that they've kind of lost their value. And i got to tell you, uh, if, this, if this no-hitter is not happening in Milwaukee, I probably agree with that because we've seen so many no-hitters so far this year. But this no-hitter was happening in Milwaukee, and I'm in the ballpark. And i got to tell you, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm, 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 I'm excited about the possibility of what I might see, and it felt special. And I'm just, I'm just a guy who talks about the team on the radio, right? Like, that's, that's what I'm doing here. I, I can't imagine what it was feeling like uh, for, for Freddie Peralta or, or for anybody down there. So I just I get the narrative, and I'm kind of glad this happened, to be perfectly honest with you, and that I had those emotions that went along with it. Because... I've been on that train lately. Ah, oh, too many no hitters. You know, all these, all these things are happening. And then, it's, then it happens here, and it was still to me, it was still a special thing that was in process, in, in progress, and it ends up not happening. Um, and, and that's just the way things go. He had a high pitch count, but I was, it was exciting. It, it was very exciting. So that's kind of the thing I'd like to hear from you again. You can call or you can text into the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line eight five five. Six one six one six twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty, and I just want to know what you were feeling and what you were experiencing uh, during those moments where it really looked like there, there was a possibility. I didn't know what was going to happen from a pitch count perspective. This is the only thing I'll say. By him giving up a hit, and in no way did I want to see Freddie Peralta give up a hit. Anytime you have a chance to see a no hitter, you, you'll take it, right? Craig Council was going to have a really tough decision to make with where where Peralta's pitch count was at uh, going into going into a ninth inning if he would have had no hit through eight because uh, he was at what ninety seven through seven and then he finishes the game at one oh nine so if he would have gone through the eighth inning without giving up a hit he probably would have been at one twelve one thirteen so if you bring him out for the ninth inning. There's a very good shot, unless he gives up a hit, that you're talking about 120, 125, maybe up to 130. And this is a young pitcher, a guy who you are going to be asking to throw more pitches than he ever has in his career, a guy that 
Uh, you're going to be asking to throw more innings than you ever have in his, in his career, and this team is so built around pitching right now, you need him to continue to perform well on, a, on an every start basis. So in some ways, Craig Council kind of gets bailed out by the fact that uh, the hit was given up because then the decision on how long to let Freddie Peralta go, that decision didn't really exist anymore. We'll bring in uh, Craig Sean from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. And again, I think we... We would have all loved to have seen a no-hitter tonight. In some ways, that really tough decision was avoided by uh, Peralta giving up the hit. Well, that, that's very true, and there's there's no question about it. If he gets through that at eighth inning, um, I, I think he's going back out there for the ninth. I do, too. I, I just think he's he's been around here long enough. Um, I, I think the trust in him is is really as strong as it gets for a, for a guy who's 25 and still developing. Um, and the season he's had, I mean, he'd certainly deserve to go back out there and do it. I mean, it's, I, I don't think uh, an extra inning would have, you know, done anything to his arm if that's what anybody would be worried about at that point. It's just a golden opportunity, and he was oh so close. Yeah. I mean, right now with the walks he gives up, um, and maybe in a higher pitch count because of all the strikeouts too, you know, maybe he's not quite built to, to, to do the no-hitter just yet, but... Man, it might be close. He was on uh, MLB Network after the game. He did one of those on on field interviews with them, and they asked him if he would have had the no hitter going. How many pitches he felt comfortable throwing? Can you guess what the number is? Uh, I would say like one thirty, maybe. He said one fifty. He, he really? said one fifty. <laughs> well, if he got to one fifty, I don't think he would have had the no hitter. He would have had a lot of traffic via the walk at, ver- at the very least. It would be a very different narrative that we're speaking on right now. Uh, do you on think what he happened. knew he had one hundred nine pitches? Do pitchers even know that? I think he had an idea because all of a sudden, him being out there became kind of an issue. You know, I mean, they, look, they've got it up on the board, and you're yeah. a guy like him who doesn't pitch that deep into games a lot. You know, deep, deep past seventh inning very often because of those pitch count issues. Yeah, yeah he absolutely, I think, knew where he was at. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's it's great. I, I'm telling you, I I enjoy watching him pitch. I enjoy listening to him talk. Yeah. Um, I I made this comment on our TV post game show, Matt. I, one of my favorite uh, points of tonight was. After he gave up the hit and he was taken out of the game, his his walk from the mound to the dugout was um, extraordinary because it was it was old school, big smile, tip your cap. I'm humble. I appreciate this crowd. I know my family's up there. I mean that that's that's old school stuff you used to see a lot in big big pitch games like this that that you don't see a lot of anymore. I, I just. I thought it was great coming from a guy who appreciates where he is. Yeah, there's something special about that that pitcher who has the great day and their opportunity to walk off the mound at the end of their day. You know, maybe maybe somebody else is going to come in, but that 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 walk that you talk about that can be a really special moment. Yeah, and and you you don't get to have it very often. No, you just don't get to have it very often. And I wish I wish guys when they especially knew when they were done or or they're having spectacular games and it's the the seventh or eighth inning and they're getting standing ovation. They they know what's happening. Right. I, I would like to see the old tip of the cap again to the at least to the people around the dugout where you can kind of look at them in the eye for a moment and. You know, it just acknowledge the fact that they appreciate you. Yeah, most pitchers' days, especially in the National League, it either ends by a pinch hitter coming up for you or because things are going horribly bad yeah, for you yeah, on the mound. Yeah. You rarely have one of those. Yeah. 
is the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We got phone calls, we got text messages, we got tweets, we got all kinds of stuff. We'll get to it next here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. And the pitch. We'll go back to left center. Deep. Warning track. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Vogelback. And the Brewers have the lead. Brewers get the win. Solid win. Fun night here at American Family Field. Brewers defeat the Diamondbacks by a final score of 5-1. to one. My name is Matt Pauley. Craig Sean from Valley Sports, Wisconsin here. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's grab our first phone call of the night. Grayson in Port Washington. Hey, Grayson, thanks for holding. You're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Uh, thanks for having me. So, um, as you were saying before, how people are saying that the no-hitter is getting stale or they're seeing too many, um, I think it's awesome. It's really good for baseball. I think, you know, it gets fans excited, as you were saying. I have friends texting me saying, hey, check out the box score. You know, you're not going to say, hey, if we got a no-hitter watch going on. Um, I just think it's really fun. It gets the fans excited, even when you're watching from home. And I think it just gets everybody really into baseball. Yeah, I agree, and I appreciate it. So this is what I was talking about earlier, Craig, before you got in here, because one of the narratives in baseball right now is that there's too many no-hitters. And I've I've jumped on that narrative. I've, I've kind of agreed with it. And I saw it on Twitter tonight, and I couldn't have disagreed with it anymore tonight because I'm sitting in this ballpark. I'm watching it. I'm experiencing what's going on. And it, it meant something. It, it you know People say the no-hitter doesn't mean as much anymore. No, it does. Because I know as a guy who just watches baseball and just covers the team, the emotions that I was experiencing as I watched this game and the excitement about possibly getting to be in the building when there's a no-hitter. So it's kind of made me recalibrate my thoughts on if there's too many no-hitters in baseball because that was fun tonight. It was fun to watch, and I, I've been able to witness a couple of no-hitters during the times that, that I've I've covered baseball. and. There's nothing more exciting about it. It feels like a playoff game the further you get in. Once you get past the fifth inning and you know um, that there's a really good opportunity here to take this um, inning by inning into something pretty special, um, I, I'm into it too. I I don't, you know, look, there's a lot of things that have changed in baseball over the last couple of years. So however many no-hitters, and I believe it's been six so mm-hmm. far pretty early in the season. Six the and a half months. if we want to go with Bumgarner exactly. seven. Exactly. Um, but I mean that that's just something you you just kind of have to um, you just kind of have to roll with the times right now. It's it's we're still in the odd portions of kind of recovering over the last couple of years, you know, through things. And you know, I I, I also think that you know the, the pitchers are deserve this. This yeah. is still a really really hard game to play, and and to toss a no hitter over a period of you know three hours is. You know, if it was easy, it would happen a lot more often, folks, believe me. Let's go to uh, James on the south side. Hey, James, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, it was it was, it was was nice to see him uh, go, uh, carrying that in, in that far. I wish he would have got a no-hitter. And whether he pitched uh, at 110 or 130 uh, pitch count, it would have been, been beautiful. Maybe it would have lit a fire under the other two guys that are on, uh, on our uh, pitching staff there in the the, the number one and number two pitchers to 
try to do do that too. Imagine imagine having three no hitters in maybe a season from your, yeah, from I, your team. Yeah, I, I don't think those guys need a fire lit under. I think they're uh, I think they're doing okay. But but you never know. Hey, wouldn't that wouldn't that be something to see something like that to see uh, the guys go and actually do that? I mean, they've come close already of. With the, with the way they've been playing and stuff like that, and then hey. I, I think the cool I think the cool thing about it is that there's an opportunity tomorrow when you turn on the game, when you come to the ballpark, when you know Brandon Woodruff is out there. There's a good possibility it could happen. Same thing on Sunday when Corbin Burns pitches. You know these guys are capable of it. That that's kind of the cool thing about what we're witnessing with these three in particular right now. And Adrian Hauser messed around with one yeah. too. Don't forget this year. I feel like of the three. No disrespect, meant to Adrian Hauser, but of the three oh, yeah, of the, of the three-headed monster that is Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta. I feel like the guy who's most set up to do it is Woodruff because he doesn't need the strikeout. It seems like often when he gets deeper into games, he changes his style a little bit. A lot of his strikeouts come early in games, and as he all of a sudden gets to maybe that third time through the order and he's one of the guys that is able to face the third, he changes what he's doing, and all of a sudden there's a lot more pitch to contact. So if there's one guy who's going to be able to survive the nine innings most easily, I think it's Woodruff. Yeah, and, and he's the most seasoned out of the three, let's face it. He's had a, a leg up by a, by a good two years on these guys as far as having the success on this level. And, you know, he, he keeps saying it this year. He, he pitches by feel. He's old school. So mm-hmm. those changes you're talking about are, are coming from him facing the batters again, you know, for a third and may, maybe even a fourth time if he get, gets that deep into ball games. Just to be able to adjust on his own and making those adjustments, I mean, it's it's pretty big stuff for a guy to be able to do that at this point in his career, too. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. The Brewers get the win 5-1 over Arizona. We're back with more from American Family Field in just a moment here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. One pitch to Walker, and here's a little looping line drive. Caught by Urias behind the bag at second base. Oh, what a play by Luis Urias. Willie Adamas all sorts of fired up. That ball had base hit written all over it. Yeah, it did, but the Brewers, uh, they were able to keep the no-hitter going there for a moment. Freddie Peralta takes a no-hitter into the eighth, gets seven and a third before giving up the only hit that he gives up today. Uh, I'm Matt Pauley, Craig Kishan from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Let's go through some of the text messages again. Uh, the question on the table is, how were you feeling as this game went along? Doug saying, well, the Brewers have only done it once, so it was very exciting. Ray in Illinois says, I didn't even realize that it was a no-hitter until after the seventh inning. I wish he would have gotten it. I felt like Freddie's pitch count was getting up a little high, and I didn't think he was going to end up getting it. Doug in Baraboo says, great performance by Freddie. As a fan, what a great experience to follow the development development and compliments to the Brewers uh, finding him with the Mariners and sticking with him uh, I so wanted to see the second Brewers no-hitter in history yeah people don't remember maybe he was part of the Adam Lynn train yeah and and uh, we were talking about this I was talking about uh, about the three um, gifted starting pitchers that the Brewers have right now you know Freddie's the number five guy right now so you do have obviously uh, Woody to follow him and then and then Burns. So you do have them pitching consecutive, you know, those three starts in a row. But the fact that they were all 
they were all developed in the Brewers minor league system. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they got Freddie when he was, what, 18 or 19 years old, and he's only 25 now. Maybe he was 20. I can't remember. I think he was 19. I, I think he was right, 19. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, I mean, think about this. The other two were drafted and developed, and, and Freddie was basically – you know, completely developed within this organization. That that speaks volumes for where they have come in developing their own pitching right now. For 20-some years, I've been watching them go out and get it. Uh, and it didn't work. And it, and it didn't work yeah. for the most part. Right. It only worked for a short window. And and with CC Sabathia, Zach Grinke, whatever the case may be, um, but to, to develop these guys is is. Yeah, just a great storyline for the franchise. But when they invested multi-years, when they brought in a Jeff Supon, when they brought in a, a Matt Garza, guy, guys like that where they spent significant money on in multiple years, it tended not to work. I think Supon was probably a little bit better pitcher than history remembers him as as a brewer. He had some okay moments. Really? But, yeah. Really, though? <laughs> <laughs> there was some okay. I, he gets beat up pretty good, um, and, and maybe he's deserving of it. But the, the bottom line is they, he did not – meet the expectations of the contract. Matt Garza did not meet the expectations of the contract. You, you mentioned Sabathia and Grinky, um, and it just, it, I don't know, feels, feels like there's been more misses, especially when it comes to guys who were around for multi-years. Well, well yeah, I mean, look, they got CC for one half of the yeah. season, and that was it, and they knew that going in, and, um, you know, I, I think with Zach, they knew the window was going to be short, so it was either go for it now you have them for another year, and then they ended up trading them, you know, halfway through that second year and stuff. So, for for some goods, though, I mean, you, you got to get something in return. So it was one of those rare times. But just the fact that they've done what they've done with the, with this group, and they've come along at a really nice pace. I mean, don't forget, Brandon Woodruff was was starting and hitting home runs in that 2018 playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about three years ago. That's the leg he has up on the other two right now. I also feel, and we've talked about this a fair amount, but it's okay to circle back and revisit this with Peralta. Because I'll raise my hand. I was one of the people that thought that Peralta was more effective as a relief pitcher. And he's a different pitcher now. He's added more pitches, and that's why he's become a, a starting pitcher. He's a different guy. If he still had the same pitch repertoire as he did two years ago, he would still profile more as a relief pitcher than as a starting pitcher. He's changed himself, and that's why. But that's the we didn't know if he was going to be in the rotation coming into this season. He was he beat out Josh Lindblom basically for that fifth starter spot in spring training. We had no idea this was coming and when spring training got started, I think a lot of people viewed him as a bullpen guy, but as I always say, development doesn't stop once you get to the big league level. So for Peralta, the story is even more fun at times than a Woodruff and a Burns, and Burns has an interesting path clearly as well, but the story of Peralta coming up and being a star and having success, but then the league adjusting because he was fastball Freddie, and if the fastball wasn't just 100% immaculate on any given day, he wasn't going to be successful, so there's a lot of inconsistencies, and he goes to the bullpen, and he has okay success, and then he gets this opportunity. Like It's a great story. Yeah, well, and, and the club believes in him big time because, let's not forget, you know, you, you say, is he a reliever or is he a starter? You know they had starter, but they were going to take their time with him, so they before the 2020 season, they signed him to a five-year contract. They they take care of him financially. They tell him we're going to take we're going to take our time with you if you take your time with us. It was a great mutual agreement to get something done. To say you know what, even in a year or two, you're going to be 
far closer to great than you are to being, oh, are we going to put you in the bullpen or are we going to use you as a spot starter or whatever? They, they knew what they were going to have if they were if both parties were going to be patient and work through things and do their best, and, and we're seeing that here right now. Brewers get the 5-1 win over Arizona. Arizona, excuse me. Tried to make it into an Italian dish there. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. 5-1, the final score. We'll hear the comments of uh, manager Craig Council. We'll do that uh, after the news, which begins in two minutes here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. And the pitch. That's lined to the gap in left center, but there's Christian Yelich running that one down. Fantastic victory for the Brewers, 5-1. Especially fantastic as they beat the Diamondbacks because of Freddie Peralta's performance. He takes a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago. No shocker here on uh, what he opens up his uh, comments with talking about Peralta's performance today. Yeah, it, it was it was fun, um, and it's just you know another sign that he's become a really good starting pitcher in the big leagues. Um, and he, he's making pitches; he can get deep into games, and and that's you know he's taken a really big step this year for sure um, in, in a lot of different phases. Um, and he just, he just pitched a beautiful game. Craig, going into that Nick Ahmed at bat, how close are you watching Freddie's pitch count? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – you know, I, I think it mattered for the next inning. I don't think it mattered for that inning necessarily. Um, so, you know, the tough decision was going to be kind of after the inning. And so you just – you know, you wait to see where, where it's at, where it ends up after the inning really. Are those tough calls, Craig? I mean, in, in the old days, those would be really tough calls, but – now maybe pitchers are more used to pitch counts being such a part of the game. Well, like I said, I think we, well, we didn't have to make it tonight. Um, I, you know, we've talked about it. It's common with these guys. We're, we're, we've, we've flirted with this stuff um, a, a bunch of times, really. So it's, you know, we, I, I was, you're hoping to have these nights, really. Those are they're, they're good things. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they're tough. And I think um, you just you take everything into account. Um, it was it was a situation where, you know, the sixth and the seventh were so good um, that it didn't really seem possible. And then the sixth and the seventh were so good that it, uh, it became possible. So you just let it play out. And um, he, he had a shot at it. Um, you know, the guy hit a pretty good pitch, I, th- I thought, um, and and then and then Box did a nice job to to clean up the inning. Really, that was that was also big. But he said that diving play by Louis up the middle was the first moment where he really started thinking, like, hey, this could be a possibility. W- when were you thinking that? I mean, around that same time, or uh, I, I mean, I, I think a little bit before that, probably. But I think it got the crowd into it. Really, is what happened. The Urias play really got the crowd into it, and, and when the crowd gets into it, then then the pitchers. You know the pitcher's going to be into it for sure. So, the the Louis play was, was a fabulous play, and it, it got everybody on off you know out of their seats. And, and I think it made him look at the scoreboard and and the reaction. So everybody in the stadium was in on it from then on. Craig, offensively, you feel like the lid's been lifted a little bit. Are guys just feeling a little more free up there? Do you think? It, it's the same story when offense starts to click. Is that we we can talk about different names every night, and and so. 
that's what we're that's what we're able to do it was vogie and omar tonight um you know so we can kind of go up and down the lineup and talk about different names that have that have contributed during this nice little offensive run and that's that's what offense is it's got to be different guys uh it's got to be everybody's going to kind of take their turn and that's why we're scoring runs and that's why we're we're being a that's why we've been consistent the last week on offense is because um guys are it's different it's different names every night and that leads to consistency Greg for uh Omar's last at bat to go 12 pitches and deliver a homer um I mean and probably more importantly it sits down Josh Hader but how did that kind of swing the game in your favor too yeah that's what it did I mean uh, obviously you're trying to any, any day we can get Josh a day of rest especially when he pitched the previous day that's that matters um so Omar had a great at bat, fouled off a ton of pitches, um, and, and and put a really nice swing on the ball, um, and then and then Trevor had a, had a great inning that that allowed Josh to not even get up again. So, um, you know, Omar did a great job, and I thought Trevor did a great job to finish it out. Magic Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. Yeah, how about uh, how about the day for uh, Trevor Richards? He starts this morning. They had the. Uh, they had the tropical tailgate deal this morning, where the tickets were going on sale for the rest of uh, the season when it goes up to a hundred percent capacity. And uh, he, because he had worked at one point during a baseball off season uh, at uh, at Miller Coors, and he had worked in like the guest relations and the tours and the gift shop and all, all that area to have a little bit of fun this morning. He was uh, he was mixing some drinks, making some uh, make. I think he was making screwdrivers this morning at like. I think nine nine thirty in the morning is when he was out there. Maybe even a little bit earlier than that. I know he was on uh, here on WTMJ. He visited with the uh, Wisconsin Morning News crew before eight o'clock. So he's doing all that very early this morning, and here he is closing out this game tonight. So that's certainly uh, that's uh, that's kind of funny. In fact, uh, we got a, a tweet that said, uh, "Seems like Trevor Richards should bartend more often. He looks settled in tonight, and it was great to see him pitch a solid three uh, three batters without the uh, the usual time it takes to uh, smooth out." Yeah, I thought he looked good, and uh, he, you know. They brought him in for a reason. They they lost. We we spend so much time talking about the Adamas trade, how the Brewers lost depth in the bullpen with uh, with Rasmussen and Fireisen. They brought some depth back in as well, and I think Rich, they expect Richards may not be that seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy in a one run game, but he is somebody that's going to be used in some big moments and. Uh, we we shouldn't completely forgot forget excuse me that he was part of that trade as well. All right, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we are going to uh, go back through the game with the highlights. It was a fun one. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this fly ball? This deep right and this third deck. Holy smokes! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 5-1, the Brewers get the win over the Diamondbacks. Pitching matchup, Freddie Peralta going for the crew. Matt Peacock getting the start for the Diamondbacks. The Brewers would score first. It would come in the bottom of the first inning with one out. Daniel Vogelback at the plate. And the pitch. Vogelback to left center. Deep. Warning track. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Vogelback. And the Brewers have the lead. One nothing. Brewers would add to that lead in the second inning. Omar Narvaez leads the inning off by walking. Then Travis Shaw 
He gets a base hit, so that puts runners on at first and second. Then Willie Adamas walks. The bases are loaded for Jackie Bradley. He reaches on a fielder's choice. Nervaez scores, and that makes it a 2 nothing game. All the, long, all the while, so far, Freddie Peralta doing a nice job, not giving up any hits. Brewers again would add to their lead in the bottom of the third inning. Daniel Vogelback leads the inning off by walking. Christian Yelich then grounds into a double play. So bases empty with two outs, but the Brewers get rolling once again. Of Isaiel Garcia, he gets a base hit, and that brings up Omar Narvaez. And the first pitch to Narvaez is a line drive into center field. That's going to get down. Plugs the gap. Rolls all the way to the wall as it gets under the glove of Smith in center. Around third is Garcia. He's going to score. And Narvaez all the way into third. And now the ball gets away. And Narvaez is going to be awarded home. Yeah, it turns into the old Little League home run. It is ruled an Omar Narvaez double. That scores of Isayo Garcia, and then uh, two errors on the play as Narvaez moves to third on a fielding error by the center fielder Pavin Smith, and then he comes home on a throwing error by Josh Rojas, and that makes it a 4-0 game. Freddie Peralta again, he was the story of this contest. Brewers give him a lead, and he does a nice job with it. In the fifth inning, there's two outs, there's one on, and Nick Ahmed at the plate. Here comes Freddie. Swing and a miss. Struck him out with a shoulder-high fastball. Strikeout number eight in the game. In the bottom of the fifth inning, the Brewers will get a couple runners on thanks to a Christian Yelich base hit and a walk to a Visayo Garcia. And Joe Mantiply would come on to replace Matt Peacock. He would get Omar Narvaez to ground out. And the game's going to the sixth inning with a 4 nothing score. In the top of the sixth inning, Peralta puts up the zero. Bottom of the sixth inning, Umberto Castellanos comes in to pitch for the Diamondbacks. He puts up a zero as well. So we go to the seventh. Freddy Peralta with a no-hitter as we enter the top of the seventh inning. First batter, Eduardo Escobar. He pops out in foul territory. The next hitter is Christian Walker. A one pitch to Walker. And here's a little looping line drive. Caught by Urias behind the bag at second base. Oh, what a play by Luis Urias. Willie Adamas all sorts of fired up. That ball had base hit written all over it. Flat-out spectacular play made by Luis Arias to get the second out of the seventh, and that brings up David Peralta. No one pitch. Bouncer on the right side. Fielded by Adamas. He'll throw to first. It's actually Shaw on the right side who will field it and throw to first and take care of Peralta. And Freddie Peralta is through seven shutout no-hit innings here at American Family Field. The no-hitter through seven in the bottom of the seventh inning. The Brewers would go quickly and quietly, including Freddie Peralta leading the inning off with a strikeout. Approaching 100 pitches, he comes back out to pitch in the top of the eighth inning. First batter that he faces off against is Pavin Smith. And the pitch. That's lined to the gap in left center, but there's Christian Yelich running that one down. Josh Reddick is the next hitter. He ends up walking. It really felt like, and you look at things a little bit differently when a no-hitter's on the line, but, man, it really felt like that strike zone of Joe West really started to get a bit smaller here uh, in the eighth inning, and it felt like Peralta was getting squeezed. So one on, one out, Nick Ahmed at the plate. 
And here it is. Swinging a soft little line drive. He's going to drop in left center. And on the third goes Reddick. And the hit is the first in the game for Arizona. And a standing O for Freddy Peralta. Yeah, the first hit given up there by Peralta, that would end his day as he was uh, past 100 pitches, and uh, Craig Council would go out and get him, would bring Brad Boxberger on. Uh, Boxberger, the uh, first batter he would face off against, Estrubal Cabrera. And the pitch, swinging at a fly ball hit to right. Deep, warning track, playable. It is caught by... Javi Garcia, a run's going to score. The shutout is gone. But the Boxberger would get out of the inning against Josh Rojas. Here he comes again. He struck him out swinging. And Boxberger gets out of it with no further damage. So the score, 5-1. The Brewers would get that run back in the bottom of the eighth inning. New pitcher is Kevin Ginkle. He would get Christian Yelich to fly out and Aviseo Garcia to ground out. Omar Narvaez then comes to the plate, has an epic at-bat. On the 12th pitch of the at-bat, it's a 3-2 count. He does this. Swing and a drive to center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Omar. Just what we were talking about he got underneath that one about knee high right down the middle and hit it out of here in dead center trevor richards comes on to pitch the ninth inning for the brewers he puts the diamondbacks down and the brewers come up with a 5-1 victory with the win the brewers improved to 31 and 26 the diamondbacks they dropped to 20 and 39 winning totals for the crew Five runs, six hits, no errors. They leave four for Arizona. One run, one hit, two errors. They leave three. Winning pitcher Peralta, he's six and one. Peacock takes the loss, dropping to two and two home runs. Daniel Vogelback, his fourth. Omar Navarez, his fifth. The game lasting two hours and 40 minutes played in front of a crowd of 15,261 folks at American Family Field. Once again, Brewers get the win over Arizona 5-1. We'll come back. We'll preview tomorrow's game three of the four-game set. We'll also give you some scores from around baseball. That's all coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Text message, Mike in Colorado asking about uh, what happened after the Little League home run with Omar Narvaez and the Diamondbacks dug out. Terry Lavello, the uh, the Diamondbacks manager, he brought his team in, laid into him. La- like, you would have thought this was a high school football game, the way he was laying into his team in the dugout. I'm not one to tell a manager how they should uh, approach their team. I personally don't like it. I don't think it makes sense in baseball. I think it probably rattles your team more than anything else. If you want to have that conversation, have that conversation in the clubhouse when the game gets done. Doing that in the middle of the game, I didn't like it. I, I appreciate the fire. I just I think it was misplaced. Do you, I don't think you're going to motivate your team to win in a situation like that. I think you're going to frazzle guys more than anything else. But... I'm up here talking. They're down there actually doing things, so who knows. Uh, around the National League Central, we do have uh, one game still in progress. As far as the finals, 
Reds over the Cardinals 6-4. The Cardinals' struggles continue. I think that's 6-7 of seven that they've lost now. Uh, for the Reds, Luis Castillo, who's really been struggling this year, didn't struggle tonight. Six innings, one run on three hits, five strikeouts, one walk. That had to feel good for him. He had a plus-7 ERA going in. He drops it all the way down to 6.63. Uh, Kwan Yen Kim only went three innings for the Cardinals. He got banged up in that game. The uh, Pirates, they win their second straight against the Marlins. Big bats out today for the Buccos. They win by a 9-2 score. Game in progress right now. The uh, Giants are leading the Cubs by an 8-5 score. That game in the bottom of the seventh inning. Standings right now in the NL Central. Cubs have a game-and-a-half lead on the Brewers. Brewers would be within one game if the Cubs end up losing that game, as it looks like they will. Cardinals have fallen back into third place, two games back. Reds five-and-a-half back. Pirates are ten games back. Around the Brewers' minor league system, 15-game winning streak for the Nashville Sounds comes to an end. They lose at Charlotte by a one nothing score. That's a tough way to have that uh, winning streak end. Double-A uh, Biloxi, they lose at Montgomery 6-1. High-A Wisconsin, they lose at home to Peoria 11-4. And low-A Carolina, they win game one of a doubleheader 6-5. They lose game two by a 5-1 score. Brewers and Diamondbacks play game three of the four-game set coming up tomorrow afternoon here at American Family Field. It's going to be Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the crew. Right-hander comes in with a 4-2 and record and a 1.27 ERA. Merrill Kelly will get the start for the Diamondbacks. He's 2-6 and six with a 5.04 ERA. 310 first pitch, 235 for network coverage. I'll have you at 2 o'clock for uh, Brewers warm-up. And uh, also, I do want to mention, we have Brewers and Bucks tomorrow. As soon as we get done with the Brewers game, we'll jump right into the Bucks game. So no Brewers extra innings tomorrow. We're preempted for a Bucks playoff basketball. But I'll be back with you uh, coming up on Sunday. But a great sports day tomorrow here on WTMJ, starting with the Brewers and the Diamondbacks, and then going into uh, the Bucks and the Nets as they open up their second-round series. Once again, Brewers knock off the uh, Diamondbacks today, 5-1. We'll talk to you tomorrow for Brewers Warm-Up here on WTMJ.